Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome once again to another edition of the Primal Podcast. So glad to have you along with us as we as we kind of kick off this podcast. Now, we've done a few now. The, the podcast continues to evolve. The subject matter continues to evolve. And it is a real pleasure to have one of the top names in the outdoor industry with us, Tyler Jordan. You know this name. Tyler has been around the outdoor industry literally since he was a baby. He grew up in the Realtree family. His dad started Realtree. And Tyler has been involved in the outdoor industry his entire life. Tyler, when we called you, where were you? I was, <laughs> and I apologize. I'm, I'm running a little bit uh, tardy, and I was actually in the turkey woods. And, and to be honest with you, usually I'm pretty good on, um, you know, time and everything. But we've been we've been out here since six o'clock this morning, and I've been in the turkey woods, and I just really lost track of time. We were on about. Just a couple long beards here about not five minutes ago. And uh, then when I saw the number and I saw what time it was, I was like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's podcast time. So I, I completely lost track of time. So I apologize to you. And uh, I said, just give me a couple minutes. I'm going to sneak out of here because we're going to try to come back in here this afternoon and get on these birds again. We got a couple guests in town hunting with us. So I'm actually on the buggy right now, uh, headed back to the lodge here on Wheel Street Farms. But um, we've been after the turkeys pretty hard and I've already filled my first uh, turkey tag, but, uh, got one more left. So trying to make it count. 
Well, listen, there is no need to apologize. In fact, I am very impressed that you didn't just say, hey, let's do it another day. So I appreciate that, Tyler. So remind <laughs> no, me, where, where, where is the farm? Where are you guys hunting? What state? So we're in Georgia. We are about uh, where the farm is, Columbus, Georgia, which is right on the Alabama-Georgia line. We are about 45 minutes from Auburn, Alabama, for those listening that know where that is. And uh, we are about an hour and a half south of Atlanta, straight south of Atlanta. Uh, so we, we have a pretty good uh, turkey population here. You know, I know we're probably a lot more blessed here than a, a lot of states, um, you know, that have had declining turkey numbers here in, re- in recent years. But, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we try to hunt here with the family some, and we have some out-of-town guests in here. We have Justin Martin from the Duck Commander. He's actually in here hunting with us this week. Um, so we're just we're having a good time. Yeah, you mentioned uh, declining turkey numbers. I just finished uh, recording one of my radio shows, and the, and, the, and the topic there was the decline in numbers nationally. But you say there where you are, you're, you're, you're not seeing that at least as a huge problem yet. You know, on, on our farm, you know, we, try, we, we do a really good job here of trapping and, and trying to manage predators as much as we can. And we really don't take uh, a lot of turkeys off this farm every year. You know, we might shoot four or five. And so I think, you know, when you have some land that you can manage, that, that works a little bit better. We have 1,200 acres on this particular track that I'm on right now. But I will say, you know, some of the other, some of the other states and some of the other areas even around here, some friends that just have, you know, less land, uh, it's tough. And I, I don't really know what the problem is. I know they pushed our season back a couple weeks. Um, you know, but I, I'd still say after speaking with a lot of the locals, here, uh, it's not it's not even what it was a couple years ago, and you know it's really h- kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what is going on. I'm sure there's a lot of factors. I'm sure predators is probably number one, um, but you know it's it's sad to see, and I'm hoping that maybe pushing the season back a little bit. You know, only killing one turkey a day. Uh, the bag limits down also in Georgia, like it is a lot of other states. Hoping it'll hoping it'll turn around here and you know we look back in four or five years and it'll be a good thing that we did what we did this is the primal podcast if you would like to learn more about primal tree stands check out the website primaltreestands.com that's primaltreestands.com our guest this time around a very special guest tyler jordan of realtree realtree.com realtree.com now you you have watched tyler grow up on tv and in the media because his dad bill is the guy who started Realtree Camo. Tyler, I got to ask you, what, what was that like growing up in the outdoor industry, in the public eye, in the media? Yeah, you know, I get asked that by, by some people. And, you know, I was probably so young at the time that I really didn't know any different. Um, although I enjoy hunting as much as, I, as much as I did back then, like I do today. Uh, you know, you kind of just get used to a camera going with you. you know, I, I got blessed to, to meet a lot of different people in this industry and going to shows with dad, to the Turkey Federation, to the SHOT Show, to the ATA. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good experience and, a, and kind of a wild ride. You know, I've seen Realtree go through a lot of growth through the years, kind of as I started coming through the industry, um, you know, and learning more about the business. But, you know, for me, it, it kind of hasn't, it hasn't felt a whole lot like anything different just because i've always uh kind of been i guess like you said in the, in the public guy you know when tnn was really big back in the day you know that was 
just kind of what life was like ever since I was three or four years old. I was sitting at a tree with my dad, turkey hunting or deer hunting. And, you know, I've been blessed to, to meet a lot of different people, uh, taken a lot of people from, you know, different parts of the world, whether it be country music artists, uh, UFC fighters or WWE people like The Undertaker last year. What I enjoy is taking people like that that maybe don't get a chance to do this as, as much as we do, and then exposing them to our world and making a lifelong hunter out of somebody. And so, I, and that, that doesn't go just for people like that, just anybody that, you know, you, you're able to take for the first time on a, on a spectacular deer hunt or a turkey hunt. Uh, you know, that, those are experiences that they'll never forget. And, you know, you take a lot of pride in being the one to introduce people like that to the outdoors. And it's, uh, it's been a blessing, and, and hopefully, you know, we, I think Realtree, we're in our 36th year, and, you know, hopefully we'll have another 30, 35 years, uh, you know, experiences just like this. Well, I, I, I am confident that'll be the case. You know, you just said something that really resonates with me, though, and that's about getting people involved in the outdoors, and you use these different examples from, from country music artists to, to, uh, to, to professional fighters. The outdoors, Tyler, and you know this better than anybody, the outdoors is the one place that is like the great equalizer. We forget who we are in the rest of our lives, and we can come together over this love for hunting or fishing. That's right. No, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And so, I mean, I, it's just like, and people like NASCAR drivers that go with us too, you know, those guys go 200 miles an hour every weekend. And uh, is, that, is that a rattlesnake? <laughs> Sorry, we're crossing a creek and we got a snake right here. Is it a rattlesnake? Uh, uh, is it a what kind of snake? It was that. It was a rat snake. Rat snake. So, no rattlesnake. We're down here crossing one of our creeks in the buggy. But you know, like na- taking people like NASCAR guys that go 200 miles an hour. But then, like Kevin Harvick has been one of our drivers. But I remember one of his first turkey hunts down here. You know, whenever a turkey came in, uh, you know, 18 pound turkey comes in screaming and gobbling. He's over there shaking like a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Man, I've just I've never I've never shaken like that." And I'm like, "Man, you go 200 miles an hour on these banks in Daytona, Talladega, and and drive fast." And a turkey got him messed up. But I, to me, that's so cool. And and so, and just like the Undertaker last year, that was a, a memory I'll never forget. Is somebody so big? I mean, that's you know probably one of the most famous people I've ever had a chance to hunt with. But you know, turkey hunting when he left here, he said, "Man, that's." That's my. That's the most favorite thing I've ever done. He's deer hunted, duck hunted, but he said turkey hunting uh, is now his number one. So, you know, taking people like that and 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 where they can teach their kids and expose it to their family, um, you know, that's what I like. That's what I like more than anything is uh, bringing new people into the sport and and trying to grow it. This year, taking my little brother and my sister hunting with them. I hunted with dad here. I've tried to stay home here as much as I can this spring, uh, hunting with dad and my little brother and sister. I got a 13 year old brother, 16 year old sister. And I just recently got married. So, you know, I I guess as I kind of get older too, the most fun hunts I have, I love going places with friends and doing something different, but I I love hunting with, with those two kids and and my dad too. You know, you just never know, uh, what tomorrow might bring. So being able to do that with my dad still and and sharing those experiences with him and still killing turkeys. Uh, he's 73 years old, but you know, he still gets around like he's 30 years old. So Mm. it's, it's, it's fun being able to do that with him and share this farm with him and, uh, you know, work, work on a lot of cool stuff together. 
So what's your style? Like th- this morning when you were out there in the turkey was, um, what, are you are you running gun? Are you using blinds? What are you doing, Tyler? Yeah, this, this time of year, I'm actually, usually I'm a running gun type guy, you know, when I go other places. But these, these turkeys, for whatever reason, have not really responded a, a whole lot to calls. And there's not a whole lot of gobbling going on right now anyway. And I think a lot of that has to do with weather. It's unseasonably cool for this time of year. It's warmed up here this afternoon. But uh, when, I, when I got out there this morning, I sat for an hour and didn't make a call. I mean, an hour after fly down, I didn't make a call. And then I started calling, got a turkey fired up and, you know, not using a a whole lot of decoys, just kind of sitting still and and trying to call one into my lap. And, you know, some of these turkeys right now are still kind of grouped up. Uh, So there's a lot of jakes and and gobblers kind of running together right now, which makes it a little bit tough. You don't have those single long beers looking for a hen. So you just kind of got to get in front of the group and be where they want to be. So I've tried, and this is not something I've always really been good at, but just try to have as much patience as, as I can because I, I feel like the biggest mistake turkey hunters can do, and I'm guilty of this every single year, I, and I feel like I make this mistake four or five times a year, is just getting up out of a place, giving up on it, and, and moving on. And then next thing you know, you're calling from a different spot. He's where you just were. Mm. Uh, I feel like sometimes sitting there and letting everything kind of come to you, let the woods come to you, let these – turkeys hit the ground kind of do their thing when they pitch down and um I, I feel like i've had a lot more success that way than just kind of bouncing around from spot to spot why did you choose not to call first thing this morning well the turkeys that the, the group that i'm that i've kind of been hunting uh, for the past couple of days they got a bunch of hens with them and so i, I just kind of figured that I, i've seen that the more i've I feel like the more I've tried to call and move closer, the hens just kind of take them further away. Uh, so we, we've tried our best just to wait it out as, as much as we can and and just kind of sit where these turkeys usually are, just kind of sit where they where they tend to go mid-morning. And it may, it may require sitting a couple hours, uh, which is what we did today. Um, but then we got on some goblin later this morning. But, again, they're just – a lot of them are really grouped up right now, and I'm not really sure the reason – why you would think this time of year they'd be they'd be out you know looking looking for hens but you have a bunch bunch of these jakes and gobblers running together so i just don't think it's quite time yet for these turkeys to be really really fired up and uh like i said the, the weather has had a lot to do with that too it was 38 degrees this morning which is cold but it's warmed up here this afternoon but over the next week it it should should tend to get better i hope I find it interesting that a guy like you with as much experience as you have in the turkey woods still find yourself second-guessing yourself sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I always second-guess myself. I feel like I spend so much time, you know, but again, I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses is like, man, you sit there and that's the run-and-gun approach. You know, you second-guess, man, maybe I should be over here. Maybe they're going to be over there. But I feel like I've had more success especially visiting other states and hunting this way is just kind of letting things come to you. I'm not saying the run and gun approach at once really fired up and you know where they're at is not a good tactic, but I, I, the older I get, I feel like it's just kind of better to let things develop and, and, you know, don't pressure these turkeys. I mean, especially this farm, we're the only ones hunting it, but it's like, you don't want to educate them too much. You don't want to push them. Don't want them to call and see you. So I, that's why I've kind of taken the approach the last couple of days of just 
um, you know, kind of wait and see what happens. And and I'm hoping hoping it'll pay. It didn't pay off this morning, but I'm hoping it'll pay off. We're going to take a couple hours uh, this afternoon to take a break and go back later this afternoon and try it again. Hmm. So how many different states will you hunt uh, birds in this spring? So I I went to Mississippi this spring. I went really early there, too. No luck. Uh Let's see, I'm, I'm going to go to Nebraska in the middle of May. I'll go to Pennsylvania the 1st of May with Nate Hosey from Headhunters TV. Um, I, I might try to go to Alabama, too. But usually I usually I try to hit up six or seven states. I went to Florida early season twice, uh, shot my limit down there. Um, but usually I try to try to go as, as much as I can to other places. But this year has been a little bit different. I just got married a year ago, so trying to – trying to stay home with my wife and and then also like i said taking dad and the kids hunting as well and i, I enjoy hunting this farm more than anything and you know we have guests that come in here throughout the spring and uh, we have a sweepstakes winter coming in next week so i'm going to stay home with him and hunt uh but pennsylvania and nebraska is probably going to be and there's a chance i may go to california i've never hunted california, california. that's not I, a I state i think of for turkeys uh, it's not either but i, I but I saw a video this morning that somebody sent off their back porch of four longbeards uh, walking through their back field. So there's a there's a friend of mine that knows somebody out there. So we might try to hit up that in the middle of May as well. So um, we'll see. You never know. I might get a wild hair and, and go somewhere <laughs> out west. Ah, good for you. We're talking with Tyler Jordan on this edition of the Primal Podcast. You know Tyler. He is uh, from the uh, Jordan family of Realtree, their website, Realtree.com, Realtree.com. And if you want to learn more about uh, Primal Tree Stands and all of their other accessories, their ground blinds, their safety equipment and such, uh, go to their website, PrimalTreeStands.com. That's PrimalTreeStands.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Do you want to save money on great hunting gear? Head to the Primal Tree Stands website and use my promo code Avery. You know I love that Primal Wraith 270 see-through ground blind, and their new Breeze blind is a great option too. For tree stand hunters, check out the snap sticks, rip rails, or grip stick climbing sticks. And to make your time in the stand as safe as possible, take a look at the descender. That slowly lowers you to the ground in case of a fall. All of these products and more are available on Primal Tree Stands. Just use the promo code Avery at checkout and get a great discount, including my favorite, the Wraith See-Through Blind for less than $200. That's right, one of the most popular see-through ground blinds on the market at a price you can't beat anywhere. Again, go to PrimalTreeStands.com and use the promo code Avery to get big discounts on everything on the website, including that Wraith ground blind for less than $200. Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery, and it is a real pleasure and an honor to be talking with Tyler Jordan on this edition of the podcast. Tyler, of course, from uh, Realtree, uh, website Realtree.com, Realtree.com. Tyler, we've been talking about uh, turkey hunting because it is that time of year. If you had to choose, though, between turkeys and whitetails, do you have a favorite? I think this would probably surprise some people. Because uh, I, I love whitetail hunting too, but I think turkey hunting would be if they had a fall turkey season and they gobble like they did this time of year. I'm not sure I would deer hunt that much. Hmm. 
I, I really, really enjoy turkey hunting. It's just I don't I don't really know what there is about it. I kind of like the, you know, calling and trying to call one in, trying to trick one, um, and and taking and it's more of a social event than maybe a you know sitting isolated in a deer stand. You know, luckily I'm, you have a camera guy there with you most of the time, trying to film something. But I I love turkey hunting. It's uh it's kind of been my passion. I, you know, dad introduced me to it when I was three or four years old and, and still doing that with him uh, today is, is just fun. Just brings back a lot of good memories of kind of how I got my start in hunting in general. Uh, you know, the first thing I ever shot was a turkey when I was eight years old. So I, I love taking people turkey hunting and turkey hunting myself. Do you get out at all without a camera anymore? Or does it, as you were mentioning earlier, it's just part of life that you don't even, it doesn't bother you. So for the first time, it was last year. I probably won't do it this year because they, um, they cut the, the bag limits here in Georgia and Alabama. But I shot two turkeys last year without a camera. And that was like, that was so much fun. One of them was completely <laughs> by myself. I went out and sat in a field by myself for two hours and uh, shot a turkey. And then a week later, I went in Georgia uh, with my wife, and we were out there for 20 minutes and just got one really fired up in the middle of the day and called him in and, and shot him. But uh, I'm not going to lie. Those were probably – I love hunting with a camera because I love the camaraderie and having somebody there with me and being able to share our hunts with people. But those were probably two – of most fun hunts I had last year, just kind of going out solo. Um, that's not something I really get a chance to do a whole lot, so probably why I enjoyed it so much. You talk about your love for turkey hunting and, and the um, the role that calling plays in that. It, it, is, is that a lot of it? It's the vocal interaction with the critter? Because there aren't many things. You know, you can, duck hunting, yeah, maybe elk hunting a little bit, but turkey hunting is unique because you can talk to this bird and get him fired up and have a great hunt even if you never see him that's right that's right and that happens more times than than it does where you call one in and shoot him but yeah i mean you know the vocalization and really fine-tuning that's what i really love doing too is like every year like when i get a chance to hunt with a michael waddell or philip culpepper or nate hosey those guys are experts in what they do in turkey hunting and there's so much you can pick up and not just from their tactics of what they do to, to kill a turkey, but just how they call one in, you know, when they choose to call saw, when they choose to not really call at all. And a lot of it is just really gut instinct on, on what a bird is going to respond to best. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but to me that's what makes it so fun uh, because then you go after that turkey the next day, he may, be, he may behave completely different. You know, he may be so fired up and, and come right in, or you go the next day, he doesn't gobble at all. Um, so I, I think every day, sometimes the same turkey, they're just really, they're a moody bird and they, they present a lot of challenges and, uh, you kind of never know what to expect day to day, but you know, it kind of puts you, puts you, uh, on the edge of your seat as a hunter and really test you, you know, when it comes to your skill. You talk about these other guys as turkey hunting experts. You don't consider yourself an expert? I, you know, I, I don't ever want to call myself an expert i mean I, I feel like i'm good i'm maybe better than most but i get a chance to do it every day and uh you know i've, I've got to be a, a lot better caller and that's you know being around a lot of people but those guys that have been doing this since they were 15 years old uh like michael and, and nate and philip there's just a different there's a different level there i think 
with with those guys. They just have a, you know, I would argue that Philip and Michael both are part turkey. I mean, they just <laughs> they're just really good at what they do. But um, you know, I enjoy it as much as they do, and try to get out here every day and just learn. And you know, I don't ever I don't ever want to call myself an expert because I feel like every year there's always something that you can pick up and get better on. And when you go with different people, um, you know, that have been around it a lot longer than you, there's, there's always tricks of the trade you pick up and learn and can use on your next hunt. Let's talk a minute about the, the business of the outdoors. You've been involved in it intimately since you were old enough to know what's going on. The world has changed. I got to believe the, the, the business of the outdoors has changed. Yeah, it has, you know, it, it, it has, although it's, it's been good. I'd say, you know, and I think a lot of people saw this bump as well, but since COVID, it seemed like there's been a, a pretty big boost for the outdoor space in general, not just in hunting, but in fishing as well. And our fishing business, uh, just like our hunting has seen a, a tremendous amount of growth here, uh, since COVID started. And I think whenever people couldn't do anything, they were, you know, sitting at home, got bored. I can tell you just from my personal experience, I had three or four friends that have never turkey hunted, have never really gotten on a lake and fished, but they were calling me, you know, man, what can I do? Where, where can I go hunt public land for a turkey? Is there any advice you got on calls? You know, is there any advice you got on, you know, places to go fish? Uh, you know, and I, I'm hoping that's going to create a, a, a whole new generation of hunters that maybe we, we wouldn't have had without COVID. If there's anything that maybe was good out of that situation is that, people got outside and were active. Uh, so, you know, while it has changed and is, and is certainly different, um, you know, I, I do, I, I do see a lot of promise for our future. And, you know, it seems like hunting numbers have kind of stabilized and you see a lot of people in the outdoors fishing. Um, you know, so it's not, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, I, I was kind of worried there for a little bit, just about our whole sport in general, but, uh, I've been encouraged here in the last few years. Oh, that's actually great to hear. Uh, I'm I'm very glad to hear you say that. A guy in your position with the insight and the connections and knowledge you have, to hear you say that we're on a good path uh, comforts me. Well, and, and I, I, I feel that way. You know, it, it reflects not just the good thing about our business is we touch a lot of different, uh, a lot of different companies in the outdoor industry. So, you know, we have, 1200 licensees uh you know not just in hunting but in fishing and and a lot of non-endemic partners as well but kind of when talking to different people in the industry it's been really it's been really good i think sales are up everywhere for the past few years and uh you know i'm sure that has to do with covid i'm sure there's been a bump from that and there's no telling you know in, in a couple years from now if that will start to die off a little bit but i'm i'm hopeful just based off what i've seen is that you'll have a whole new generation of outdoorsmen, uh, men and women both, you know, that'll be here for a long time that got to experience it where maybe they would have been able to do this before. Uh, but, you know, with the world and everything that went on, uh, you know, COVID kind of allowed that to happen. Yeah, that's that's wonderful to hear that. Tell me uh, tell me more about the fishing side of Realtree. So, we, you know, obviously, we make concealment uh, camo patterns. I wouldn't wouldn't call these patterns on the fishing side concealment by any means. It's more of a lifestyle. But the fishing part of our business has really done well. We have several different patterns. Uh, some are exclusive for partners. We, we have a Columbia, 
Columbia does some of our fishing patterns. You can find our patterns in Walmart and Academy. Uh, we have a lot of other licensees from rods and reels to, to you know, boots that you wear on the boat. Um, but the fishing has just, fishing in general has done really well. And I, I think fishing, even without what went on with COVID, fishing has just seen a tremendous amount of growth. I feel like there's a lot of upside for that industry. My little brother is a huge fisherman, loves fishing, loves following the fishing pros. Um, and that's a whole nother side. You know, we have some of the top anglers on the bass, bass fishing circuit and, you know, on their YouTube and social media. I mean, there's, you know, there, those are some big personalities right now. And there's just been a huge wave, which I'm really happy to see because I feel like a lot of people that, that hunt fish and, and vice versa. Um, so the fishing stuff has done, has done well, and it really hasn't slowed down at all. Tyler, I want to let you get on with your day because I know you got some those birds you're chasing. But before we let you go, this, since this is the Primal Podcast, let's talk a little bit about Realtree and Primal Tree Stands and, and Bob Ransom. How did this whole relationship come about? Well, we, you know, Dad and Bob have gone back for a long time, and they've been really good friends. And you know, we've been using Primal for several years now. And when I know that we're very thankful for him because we, we send primal and Bob's been good to us. He sends a, helps us get a lot of stands to places, in Wyoming, Nebraska, Montana. I know some of it, we call him last minute saying, Hey, we need a couple sets sent, you know, sent up here. And it's just been a great partnership, um, all the way around and just really good people we deal with over there. And, and the, the stands are great. And, uh, you know, we're, we're thankful here on the real tree side. We've, Shot a lot of deer over the years in primal stands. I find it interesting that even at the level you are, a, a realtree, one of the top players in the outdoor industry, that it still comes down to relationships and partnerships and maybe even friendships. Yeah, you know, this industry is so small, and I, I can say that a lot of this stuff, I mean, it, it is a relationship business. Uh, you know, you deal with a lot of people, but we're a real tight knit group at the end of the day. And, and, uh, and Bob and Primal is, they're a, a great example of that. You know, we've had a lot of relationships over the years, but the one with Bob and, and Primal has been one that's been with Realtree for many of those years. And so it's, uh, it's funny that you just have a lot of friends in this industry. Uh, and we're, we're very blessed to have them. Tyler Jordan, it's been a real pleasure uh, having you on this edition of the Primal podcast. I appreciate y'all having me on. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I was late. <laughs> you were late for good reason, and I wish you luck this afternoon. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. All right, Tyler. Tyler Jordan of Realtree, Realtree.com, our guest this time around on the Primal Podcast. Again, if you want to learn more about Tyler, his dad, Bill, the Realtree family, the Realtree business, go to the website, Realtree.com. That's Realtree.com. And if you want to learn more about Primal Tree Stands, their ground blinds, all the other accessories. Check out their website, primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on The Primal Podcast. Anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.